Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is January 29th, and we are here in the Bible reading plan. And I just have to apologize. Through the plan we're all reading together, yesterday was supposed to be Psalm 10, 11, and 12. Unfortunately, I jumped a day ahead and I read Proverbs 4. So today we'll go backwards and we'll read Psalm 10, 11, and 12. I'm super excited because I have my middle child, Aaliyah, with us today, and also one of her good friends, Ruzo. So we're going to study the word together. We're going to be able to talk about it at the end. You're in for a treat. Here we go. Let's read out of the New International Version, Psalm chapter 10. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears, No one will ever do me harm. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush, he murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed, they collapse, they fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me to account? But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them. And you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed, so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. Psalm chapter 11 In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, Flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. On the wicked, he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Psalm chapter 12. Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. 
Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips, but harbor deception in their hearts. May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Those who say, by our tongues we will prevail. Our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. In the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. This concludes our reading for today. Let's have a conversation with Aaliyah and Ruzo before we end our time together. Okay, so let me start here. Aaliyah, you got a brand new Bible today, which is really exciting. And as I was reading, you were highlighting things. What was it that you were highlighting inside your Bible? Um, I was highlighting verses about God and his attributes. Okay, so explain what that means. You're highlighting verses about God and his attributes. So what is it exactly that you're looking for? Um, I highlight things about like his love for us, his protection, and just things about him. Okay, so just reminders of who God is and what that means? Yes. Okay, actually, that's a really important piece to today's uh, Psalms. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that in just a second. But first, I also want to introduce everybody to Ruzo. Hello, Ruzo. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So there's something that I love about you and Aaliyah and your relationship because you guys do something together on most Saturdays here in downtown Naperville yes. at Starbucks. What is it that you guys do? Bible studies. You study the Bible. Why do you do that? We do that because we really want to incorporate the Bible into our friendship and just applying the verse talking about iron sharpens iron and we love to push each other towards God within our friendship and within our own personal lives. Yeah, that's great. What do you think it means that iron sharpens iron? You ever thought about that before? Yes, that um, our faith helps to build each other's faith and we can help motivate each other within the scriptures and within um, what God says about us as individuals and his love for us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually exactly it. And uh, here's the interesting thing about iron and how it sharpens iron, okay? When... In the old days, when they'd sharpen a sword, it wasn't at its sharpest until it actually hit another piece of iron. And then all the metal shavings that were on it when it was being sharpened, those would get jarred loose. So as it was sharpening, it also needed that other piece of iron to be able to then bring it to its sharpest, bring it to its sharpest point. That's hard to say, but that's what was happening. So when iron hits iron, it's sharpening it even more because it's releasing all the fragments of iron that were sharpened off of it. That's good. Okay, so enough about iron sharpening iron. I'm so glad you guys are with us today, but we just read some pretty intense psalms. Let me give you an overview real quickly, and then I have a question for you, okay? So here's what's happening in each of these psalms. It's David, and then we don't know the psalmist from 9 and 10 are actually written together, but uh, what we know is that they're recognizing the fact that people all over the earth are just living life the way they want to. In fact, listen to Psalm 12, verse 7. It was the last verse we read one more time. He says, You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked, listen to what they do, who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. 
Okay, think about that for a second. David, thousands of years ago, said what is vile is actually what's honored by the human race. Do you understand what that means? Basically, he's saying the things that are, that are evil, the things that are gross, that don't make sense in God's plan, it's actually what the human race honors and loves and runs after. For instance, I know next week is the Grammys. And last year, I remember seeing all these different acts that were very satanic in symbology. They were very evil in the things they were saying and doing. Yet we promoted that, as in humanity promoted that, as okay and normal and what everybody loves. That's an example of what is vile being honored by the human race. What is an example that you guys see, maybe in your generation or in the world right now, where people just promote and honor things that are actually evil? Ooh, the first thing I think about is probably social media. Oh, social media. Okay, so before we get into this conversation, I just want to clarify something. Social media itself is not evil, right? Right. You would agree with that? Yes. Okay. However, I think what you're about to say is that people use it in ways that are evil and that gets honored as good. Yes. Explain what you mean. One of the first things that come to my mind is people showing off their bodies to be seen as an object and promoting that your value does come from your image more than it does who you are as a person. And I think it's promoting even younger children each day that they need to put more work into their appearance to feel loved or to be able to even get love. Okay, so you're, you're not only talking about the problem, the problem being that we honor something that's not what we're supposed to honor, and that's image in the body, but you're also talking about the effects it has on maybe the psyche of this generation. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes. Okay, so explain that a little bit more. You're saying that um, maybe some of our younger people are watching that and they're thinking to themselves, what? What is it causing them to think through? It's causing them to value more their appearance and to put their value on their appearance and to idolize their appearance more than who they actually are and what God even says about them, even though most of them are probably not even Christian with those values. So you're saying there's, there's probably a difference between the way people view what's happening on social media and the way they should view through God's eyes how they're actually valued and equated to? Yes. Okay, and so that's a, that's a big difference, right? And I would just say this is a big thing that adds to lust in that when we value our bodies more than our person and our, who we are as people, that it adds to lust because we're trying to add more to what we look like for other people's validation of us than what we actually think about us and, and what God thinks about exactly. us. And more importantly, the last part you said, we don't need even to validate ourselves because God has already validated us. Yes. And so a lot of times we forget the value we hold because we're looking at what everybody else values. Yes, yeah. I agree. That's so good. Kind of in that same thought, Aaliyah, what would you say towards this conversation? What is it that we value or we look towards that maybe isn't, isn't the right thing? It's not what God would honor. It's actually evil, and it's not right at all. Is there anything that comes to mind for you? I think we value ourselves a lot and like making ourselves idols and focusing on our own plans for our lives instead of the Lord. That's so good, Aaliyah, but you just said something so profound. I want people to really lean into this a little. You said we idolize ourselves. We make ourselves idols. What does that mean? How do we do that? I think we chase success for ourselves and money and trying to provide for our own selves instead of letting the Lord provide for us. Um, 
and we focus a lot on, like you guys were saying, our appearance um, and making us look good for social media. Okay, so inside this conversation, there's something pretty profound that ends up happening when we're chasing after our own success, when we're idolizing our body or looking after our own image. It actually causes us to do things that aren't right. In fact, even us adults have a hard time with this because we end up um, compromising. We end up like, let me give you an example. An adult might be in a work situation where they know God's plan for their life. They know what he's wanting of them. But the chance to like excel or be promoted, if they just compromise this value over here or if they just do a little bit of extra over here, then maybe they could get ahead. But those things might not be in alignment with God. So it actually might cause them to compromise their values. Aaliyah, can you think of anything like that where people just kind of give into the pressures and they start to compromise values in order to fit into what the world would say is good? Yeah. um, For example, I think it's easy to gossip with other people around you. Um, So if like a coworker is talking bad about somebody, it's easy to just join in with them, even though you know you shouldn't be. Okay, and so that's, that's aligning with kind of the world's value of just talking and gossiping and promoting yourself by doing so, right? Yeah. Yeah, because what you end up doing is you end up making yourself look better mm-hmm. by making other people look worse. And that's, that's not God's plan. Yeah, that's pride. Ooh, pride. That's kind of a big word. Tell me about it. Pride is when you are valuing yourself above all else and is being selfish and putting your own needs above others and putting your own feelings and desiring things solely for your own pleasure. Yeah. Ruzo, let me ask you, do you think that's something that people battle with on a regular basis? Every day. Every day? Everybody. Everybody every day. That's kind of a lot. Mm -hmm. So you think pride's kind of a big issue for all of us? Yes, it is a big issue, but it shows in so many different ways. And Sometimes we don't even realize that we even have thoughts that could be prideful. Ouch. So you're saying even like on days where we feel like maybe we're, we're not being prideful, truth is there's probably hints of pride coming in somewhere? Yes. Okay. You have like an example for me because now you got my attention. Explain this pride to me. Like where's ways that you see it creep in when uh, maybe people don't want it and don't even know it's happening? Like show me what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Pride could even be complaining about something you shouldn't or entitlement is a part of pride and also pride could show in so many ways of even judging others thinking that you're better and I feel like we all struggle with some thoughts of judging or why do they have this and I don't or why do they get this job and I don't that's pride because we think we can do better than them or we think we deserve it more than other people. Wow. Okay. So you're talking about two things. You're talking about a comparison, which some people call it the comparison trap, Mm, right? When we look at what other people have and then we think, and I love that you said this, why did they get it when I could do so much better? Yes. That's kind of a really big thought there, Russo. Is there an example that you can give us that um, will help us understand what you're talking about? Yes. So one of them is I'm a worship leader and as my journey and growing in worship leading, I have had thoughts that maybe look like I should have sang that song or I think I could have led that better. And those are very much prideful thoughts, thinking that worship even has anything to do with us or God's presence and how strong it is in the room has anything to do with our voice or how we lead it. 
And I've had to combat those thoughts with the truth of the word. And because you cannot just take out a lie in your head, you have to replace it with a truth. Oh, that's big. You have to replace it with the truth. So what's the lie that's being told to you in that moment when you're saying, I should lead that, not them? What is the lie? That the presence of God has anything to depend on my abilities. Or, or abilities. Yeah, yeah. And so what's the truth you need to replace inside of that? The truth that you need to replace is that God is bigger than anything you could even express or no matter your vocals, no matter your talent, that God is so much bigger and he can exceed that despite your talent. And just really giving that control up to God and surrendering that pride daily. Yeah. And so here's the beauty of this, Uzo, and you know this, and Aaliyah, you know this as well. Worship isn't just singing. Yes. It's our life, yes. right? And so everything we're talking about right now falls into what you just said. There's moments where we look at somebody and we say, why them when it should have been me? Yes. When really the presence of God is all that matters in what they have and what I have doesn't matter compared to what God's doing inside of me in that moment, right? Yes. And so if we can't slow down and, and refocus our minds to say, well, this is about the presence of the Lord. If every part of my life is worship, then every part of my life is about pursuing the presence of the Lord in the middle of it. So what happens is we get to this spot, if we're not thinking that way, where we become so prideful that we even believe we don't need God. In fact, look at what David said in chapter 10, verse 4. He says, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. In fact, jump down to verse 11. This is what it This is what David writes. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Aaliyah, tell me, what is the danger when someone gets to the spot where they don't even care if God sees them or they think God doesn't pay attention and so they just do things their own way? What's the danger inside of that? That's dangerous because then we're not in God's plan for our lives and then we're doing things on our own. Okay, so it causes us then to kind of move outside of his will and start doing things our own way. And what's the danger of doing things our own way? I mean, I have good ideas. I have good plans, don't I? Yes, but the Lord has better plans for us. And so when we're planning our own way, they probably won't go right. Yeah, in fact, I love Paul's words in Romans 12, chapter 2. He says that God's will is what? Good and pleasing and perfect, right? So God has a perfect plan. But then I go off track because of my pride, because I don't think I need God. And then I start doing things my own way. Yeah. Okay, so here's what David is saying, and here's what these Psalms are all about. He's tired of seeing these people who do things their own way prosper. He's like, why do they keep being okay? Why does everything make sense for them still, even though they've ignored God? You ever felt that way before? Like you ever seen people and thought, Why does everything go their way? They don't even love God. They're not even trying to follow him or do things his way. You ever seen that before? Yeah, I feel like, um, for example, a lot of celebrities um, that aren't following God's plan, why are they so, um, like, prosperous in their life and rich and famous and they have all these things? But It's frustrating to watch, isn't it? Yeah. You know what's funny inside this conversation? When we think that way, we're also idolizing the things of this world. Mm -hmm. So what we don't understand is those celebrities that look like they have everything together, if they don't know the Lord, 
they're actually just like everybody else that has this void that they can't fill. And that's why they blow through their money and they get caught doing stupid things. And also their money and their fame is not from God. So even though they are getting all these riches and all this praise by all these people, it does not mean they're also living a good life. Because especially with famous people, it can look so good on the outside, but they are killing themselves and dying and full of darkness on the inside, hopeless for someone to actually see them and understand them. Yeah, and they're quite miserable. Actually, if you read some of their stories or hear some of their interviews, like there's no joy inside them. Yes. They're just constantly looking and searching and seeking. Yes. And something that I heard once is that everybody's looking for Jesus, but all in the wrong places. Yeah. In fact, some people don't even know that's what they're looking for. So they're just looking Mm -hmm. and they're trying to fill this void. Yes. Yeah. So the problem with that is it causes them to do really dumb things. Yes. And just so you know, I fall into that trap and you fall into that trap, right? Mm -hmm. We do things all the time that don't make sense. Why? Because we've lost our focus. Yes. And so we have to get our focus back on God Mm -hmm. and being able to say, my life is about him. My life is about his plans and what he wants Mm. in this. If I can focus back on that, it'll correct my ways. And I won't give into the ways of this world Mm. that everybody's thinking is okay. And everybody's glorifying and I'll be set apart. Right. Yes. And true freedom only comes when you truly give up control. Yeah. That's when true freedom happens because now you don't have to carry it all by yourself. Now you don't have to make every decision by yourself. There's such a joy and such a peace that comes from truly depending on the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. You know what? And here's here's the best part of the psalm is David does tell us the Lord does see these things. Yes. He is not blind to it. He understands what's happening. Mm. Now, the beauty of God is he's patient. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Mm. And so while people do their own plans and they chase after things that don't make sense, he's patiently waiting for all people to know him. He's so good. Yeah. And not only is he so good, but he's so loving that he's going to allow this this chaos and this craziness that's happening at times long enough until enough people will turn their hearts to him. In fact, in the New Testament, it says that God is patient, waiting for all people to He's not, he's not forgotten his promises that he will restore things and he'll get rid of evil. Instead, he's waiting for all people to repent yes. and come to know him because he wants all people to be saved. Yes, he will leave the 99 searching for the one. Even if one soul turns to God, even throughout this tragedy and all the chaos, that's enough for God to be like, it was worth it. Because God loves so greatly that one soul is enough. Man, that's so good. Now, let me just leave you with one more verse because I want us to remember, though, God is just and he won't allow this forever. In fact, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. In other words, these people that do evil human things that are just convinced they can get away with it, they're still going to have to give account for that. Yes. And the beauty is they're also going to give account for the good things they've done. Mm. At the end, God will look at our life and say, what did you do? And so these Psalms remind us, we have the opportunity right now to stop and look and say, I will give account for everything I'm doing. 
So I don't want to get caught up in the things of this world that are evil or that aren't God's plan, which by the way, when we say evil, that word sounds so heavy, really evil is just going against God. It's not doing his will or his plan. And I have to stop and say, I do those things all the time and I will give account for it. So let me realign my heart every day so that I can follow God and pursue him. That's what this journey is about. It's about us finding ways to say, how can I recalibrate my life every day so that I'm in alignment with who he is? So give me real quick before we end, each of you, give me one thing, one practice that you do on a regular basis so that you can make sure that you're realigning your heart with God. What's, what's just one thing that you do regularly to make sure that your spirit's right and your heart's right and you're pursuing him? Um, I ask him to reveal the things that I'm not doing right um, and to show me the better way to live for him. That's kind of a scary thing to do, isn't it, Aaliyah? Yeah, it's very scary. But you know what? It's super good because the Holy Spirit's desire is to stretch us and grow us and make us more like him. Yeah. And the only way he does that is by revealing our true heart, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. So I'm so proud of you for doing that. And I would just tell you, even King David did. Mm -hmm. He said, Lord, search my heart. He said, give me a clean yeah. heart, oh God, and renew in me a right spirit, right? Yeah. That's David's prayer. So that's so good. That's, that's something you do regularly? Yes, I try to every day because we're supposed to be renewing ourselves every day, renewing our minds. Amen. And his mercies are new every day. Yes. And so he covers those things. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. What about you, Ruzo? What's something that you try to do regularly to help you realign with God's heart? I try to consistently read my Bible because there is nothing like filling yourself with the truths of the word of God. And something that is so beautiful about the Bible that it is alive. Yeah. Every time you read even the same verse every day, you get something different out of it each day. And something about renewing your mind is that the Holy Spirit just does a new work in your mind, in your heart, that he truly redirects your own desires when you align yourself with him. You look back and be like, I don't even desire secular music or hanging out with certain friends that talk about things like he truly changes you from the inside out. Yeah, because you're actually becoming more like him when you study his words, right? Yes. Like the people we love and the people we admire, we eventually start talking and acting like them, don't we? Yes. It's the same with God. Mm -hmm. If we spend more time with him and we spend time in his word, we eventually, it starts coming out of us mm -hmm. and it becomes how we talk and the things we think about. And so reading our Bible daily as best we can mm -hmm. in studying his words. I mean, what, is, what does Psalm 119.11 say? That God's word have I hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against him. So when we put God's word in our heart, it realigns us to him so that we don't follow the patterns of the world, mm -hmm. but we follow God's plans. And even when we are faced again, temptation, when we have the word hidden in our heart, it is already ready in our minds to fight against those lies or those temptations because we know the truth inside of us. Yeah, it's what Jesus even did in the, in the wilderness, right? Like he didn't just say no to Satan. He quoted scripture. Mm -hmm. He understood what God's plan was. Yes. And he was able to say those things to the devil. Yes. That's huge. If Jesus did it, we probably should too, right? Yeah. Hey, girls, unfortunately, that's all the time we have left today. Thank you so much for being here. Anything you want to say on the way out? We love you and Jesus loves you more. Yay, that's absolutely right. In fact, I end by telling people we love them every time. Aaliyah, oh, really? anything you want to say? 
We love you. (laughs) Hey, that's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Oh, 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 oh,